Imagine having all, guess all, of your learning challenges solved. With the Tables Learning Suite, an AI-powered LMS built for enterprise, you can tackle any challenge. You can easily create and manage content, deliver training, and measure the business impact of your programs. Dechevo is built for customers, partners, and employees alike, with dozens of integrations to embed directly in the flow of work. Check out Dechevo today at docebo.com. Welcome to C-Lab, the customer education laboratory, where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate all those myths and the terrible bad advice that's out there that stops our growth dead in its tracks. All right, today, this is a special episode again, and we are welcoming Adam Valhausen from Decebo. Adam, introduce yourself briefly to the audience. Thank you, Dave. Excited to be here. I'm a longtime listener, first-time caller, if you will. A fun and exciting opportunity for me to finally join you. I know we've had a lot of conversations in the past, but excited to have them here live and recorded to share with the world. I lead the customer education and advocacy team at Docebo, as Dave said, and we'll get more into what all that entails throughout the podcast. Awesome. And it's true. We're really thankful to have you here. It's been a long, circuitous path. And this is what it's all about, really. You know, we, we have these really solid discussions. And today we're going to learn a lot more about you, your platform, and your mission. So before we get into the meat, let's get into the National Day of. And food-related, today is... Okay, I'm just going to read them out and look for your response. National Chocolate Moose Day... Yeah, love some chocolate mousse. You know, it's early and I have a protein bar. So it sounds great. National Tweed Day? Didn't wear the right jacket, it seems. Uh, I got to bring that back into my my repertoire. And uh, the last two, World Party Day. I can get behind that. <laughs> Whereas my, I don't have it. I need like a dance. Dance soundbite and fish fingers and custard. Have we had that? I haven't had custard with fish fingers. Not no. I think we need other Adam on the call for that. Sounds European. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Adam A. Here's to you. Some fish fish fingers and custard. Maybe I don't know. Okay. But seriously, let's get into today's episode. We've got a lot to talk about. Let me, as I say, frame it up. What as an active sponsor of C Lab for and we started our sponsorship last year, the first first season, and now we're going to season five, as we're now calling it, five years of broadcasting. We are super thrilled today to have Dechebo and Adam here with us. We're gonna have a deep dive conversation. We've been having these, oh gosh, Adam, how long we've we've known each other a couple of years at least, yep. right? Yep. I think and and the neat story is I want to break into this after the frame up is that you've had an interesting journey to get to Dejebo. And now that you're there, I know you've been joined by our friend Samantha. There's a lot of interesting stuff going on. And what I want to do is, number one, talk a little bit about your background and your journey to get here. Like what has been your mission? And then how has that mission connected with your platform? And now here you are, you have your own team. Not only do you represent a company that has a really great strong position in customer ed as it well as it does in other space but you're using that platform on your own right you're working on like internally this is really meta 
with advocacy, running that alongside of, you know, a, you know, a SaaS product that we're trying to sell and you're doing the things. It's really great. So Adam, tell us a little bit more about yourself and then let's get into this journey and talk about advocacy, education, all the things. What do you think? Love it. Sounds great. Sounds like a plan. I'm excited for it. Right. Yeah, you're right. It has been an interesting and a fun journey. I feel like I've also heard from a lot of others that y'all have had on C-Lab that have talked about you know their, their journey and growth through different tools and systems and technologies that they use day to day. And then they ultimately yeah. get the opportunity to work at those companies and train on those same products. And so in my case, I, I did just that. And I'll talk a little bit about it. And now, like you said, have the opportunity to leverage that product to do exactly what it's built to do for our own customers. Yeah, really excited to talk about all of the the meta-ness of that the, situation. The and now. But uh, yeah, taking a look back, I, I started my career in customer education at a cloud banking software company called Encino and joined that company as mostly a content creator. I had a marketing strategy and graphic design background and spent a number of years helping that organization create content and kind of convert what had historically been an instructor-led training curriculum into an asynchronous program that we delivered through Litmos at the time, not the email provider, but mm-hmm. the LMS. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we, we built our program there for a number of years. We actually, the year that I joined back in 2016, we had also just launched a community built on Salesforce. And so we very quickly started to grow that community directly alongside our university experience for our customers and, you know, started to really build that, that overarching view of a unified help center for our customers where, where they could find knowledge, they could find conversations, they could find training content all in one place. That journey, a number of years growing those that content and those programs led us to an RFP in 2018 to replace that system that we were using and to start evaluating other options. And that ultimately led us to selecting Docebo. We implemented with them throughout a part of 2018 into 2019, and then relaunched our entire university experience, including training for customers, partners, and employees, and a really broad certification program all through Docebo. And so then, you know, we, we launched that, ran that successfully for about a year. And obviously through that, I had been deep in the trenches with a lot of folks at Docebo, gotten mm-hmm. to know a lot of the people really well, gotten to know a lot of other customers really well. And in fall of 2020, the customer education role opened up at the company. A couple of people internally sent me the posting. They were, hey, we think you'd be great for this. And I put my name out there, applied, connected with Jared Cook, who's now our senior vice president of customer experience at Docebo and landed the gig that fall. So I've been at the company for about two and a half years now. Nice. You know, but the whole spiel here has been focusing on expanding our university experience, launching and growing a community, and now most recently bringing advocacy under the fold directly alongside our customer education programs. And so, yeah, that's what my world looks like now. I'm excited to talk more about it today. Okay, I think you've, you've done a really good job hooking your own personal narrative to now where we're going. Right. The thing that I really like about your story is, and I think these are the stories that we need to bring out more of. I mean, I'm I'm not here to talk about myself, but I had like a little bit of that where I was at, I was at Gainsight and then I went to Azuqua, but I went there because I was using the platform and I became that representative to build the advocacy and the education and all the things, but I had the passion now. Yeah. And I think what you've been saying to me in your journey is that, well, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but 
you probably felt passionate enough that, hey, you're doing these things, you're building this program. What a wonderful opportunity to flip the script and be on the other side of the equation now where you're still doing the same kind of job, right? To a degree. Yep. But then yep. you're opened up to this entire system internally where, I mean, you, you said the three magic words to me in your intro that I, I want to bring through this discussion today because this one of our themes today will be about this convergence too, right? We're not, we're, we have to be advocates. We have to be evangelists. We have to educate. We have to help bring people into a platform and convert them. There's so much going on. You were talking about partners. You were talking about customers. You're talking about internal employees. It's at all, all of it. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Let's start at the first place. So I think our discussions to date, and we've had a lot of them, is really about this whole mix of how do we look at the big picture? We've got this, this thing called customer education. In, in my words, that is all the things we do to help bring customer, be where customers are when they need us to give us that, all right, hey, I got your back. Here's where you start. Here's where you go next. Where your GPS, right? Where your guardian angel. I don't know what, what you want to call it. But then there's this other part of us where we go, oh, this product's great and it can do all these things. And that's kind of like this outreach, this Adam, I want you to, I'm shaking you. Like, come over here and use this thing. It's so awesome. And you're like, I'm busy, Dave. No, you're not busy. You need to use this because it's going to save your job and going to make you be more efficient. And that's how this whole thing comes together with other people. So yeah. starting with my weird way of thinking about it, tell me how your world is looking like when this whole advocacy plus education perspective. Let's start yeah. there. Yeah, totally. Well, and I think the best way to frame that up would probably be to go back to like where we were when I started at Docebo and, and how we've kind of evolved our programs um, yeah. from then to now. And it, it evolves a lot of what you share, which is the first and foremost, the, the goal of customer education. I mean, there's a million ways you can tee it up. And there, I think every person that's been on the podcast has had a perfect way of describing it. But for me, it's, yeah. it's connecting people with the right content and connecting people with the right people to be successful using your products and services. And at the end of the day, the goal is to build empowered users of your platform. And to kind of like take it aside, one one individual who I've found to my team is probably tired of hearing <laughs> hearing me quote her and talk about her, but Kathy Sierra, who was a former programming instructor and a game developer and author and now speaker, she focuses really heavily on building empowered users and, and focusing on building users who are capable. And what I love about that and what, what she frames up in a video of hers that's online now she uses photography as an analogy, which I love because I'm also an avid photographer yeah. personally, sort of a hobby. And she talks about the need to build, not just build better products, but to also build better users. And the way she frames it is, you know, challenging camera companies, especially to build better photographers, not just to build better cameras. And that's really what I see customer education being driven to do, right? Like as a seasoned photographer who's studied the craft for years and honed the use of the tools and the application of theory to it, I can grab most technical cameras, put them in my hand and understand how to navigate the menus and, and you know adjust settings to produce a really solid result. But if you put that same incredibly complex mm -hmm. tool in the hands of a novice who's never approached photography, 
there's a very low ceiling of quality that they're going to be able to create with that tool, right? And no matter what functions, features, add-ons you deliver in that product, your user is never going to get any better at creating a photo because they just don't know how to use it, right? So then you've got to really adjust your and, and reframe your focus to focus on building that user to be more empowered to use that tool. So I share that because that's really where you have to start in customer education and especially in customer advocacy. If you're not providing the foundational resources that your customers need to be successful, to understand how to use your products and services, they're never going to get to a point where they can share their results and where you can shine a meaningful spotlight on them You know, within your customer marketing efforts to say, check out what this individual achieved because they'll never be able to get there. They don't have the tools needed. So when I came to Nochebo, we had an academy that we had just recently launched as a university. We, you know, we decided, you know what, we need to call this a university, not an academy. That's really going to help improve it. But at that time, we we definitely did like kind of reshift and rebrand the platform and relaunched an experience to our customers right when I joined in the fall of 2020. But we still lacked a community. At that point, we had a university and we had a knowledge base. We didn't have a way for customers to connect with one another and share best practices. So one of my first charters coming on the team was to, to figure out how we build that community, you know, with and for our customers to grow a space where they can ask questions, they can share best practices, they can provide product feedback to us in a meaningful way. So most of 2021 was focused on launching that community in April, but then growing it throughout that year and building a really strong sense of community among our customers and really in that entire ecosystem of users being customers, partners, and employees. And then throughout last year with a community launched and established, we were really able to grow our community and university programs and our knowledge base all alongside one another and just build a well-oiled machine to build empowered users. And now we're at a phase where we're not only building those empowered users, but finding better ways to plug them right back into that content generation machine and to help tell their stories and showcase what results they've accomplished to those that are considering working with Docebo, you know, externally, mm-hmm. but also how they accomplished it for other customers. And so we have that idea of like, in, in some cases, getting our customers involved in what's called like acts of education, where they're creating community content or helping us create courses to train other customers on how to use the tools, but also creating promotional materials like case studies and webinars and things that shine more of a spotlight on the results that they've achieved that are really meaningful for you know other customers to see, but also for prospects who are trying to drive those same results through a vendor. Okay. Can I, you are blowing my mind here and I want, I want to slow you down intentionally a little bit and tap on a, a couple of points. So number one, what I'm hearing from you is a few different things. Like I'm thinking about this. I'm just like letting this wash over me. One of the words that popped out that you said a couple of times at least was results. Yep. Right? Now I'm trying to process what you said and I'm, th- I'm feeling like there's a flywheel here. That You have a flywheel going on. And not only are you bringing... Why, now, why did you say again, not an academy, a university? What's your semantic difference there? Because I hear those being interchangeable, but I'm really curious why you, why you say yeah, university. Yeah, that- that was that was more flippant than anything, you know. I think like no, there's every, a reason you said it. I'm sure, but I want to know. Yeah, I, I think more so. Like it's funny because we had this for a number of years. We had an academy that was established, and I think it was really just more than anything. There was a lot of work that went into redesigning what our curriculum looked like and what uh-huh. courses we made available and what experience our customers had. And as a part of that shift, it was important to 
rename or rebrand, if you will. So some of those decisions happened before my time, but completely subjectively and personally, I like the ring of Dochebo University and we shortened it to DU. So I do not think that the success of any educational program hinges on whether you name it an academy or a university. I've seen successful programs named both and others, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it it actually, it's interesting. The choice of words we use, yeah, like all things aside, I agree. It doesn't matter. But it it could because how you intentionally name things and present yourself. Now we're talking advocacy. We're talking education. Semantically, I look at university as we're educating. And and this is a point I wanted to bring out when you're talking about Kathy's book and you're talking about your perspective of building better users. As we step into this, and I don't want to dwell too much on this one topic, but I think that that is the most important part of things. Part of advocacy, part of education, education itself is more than enablement. And I don't mean to be pejorative on enablement either. What we've been starting to really understand, if you listen to this podcast, is that Adam and I and you and everybody here are on this journey together. It's really weird, right? And we're inviting more people to this journey. And where we're going on this journey is we're trying to define the space that we're working in. And that space has a lot to do with exactly what you're talking about today, Adam. I am not only teaching you about a platform. I'm also saying this platform is great and I want other people to use this platform. And not only that, you're going down to this table stakes mentality is that this platform has something more to offer you, right? It's not about me selling the Chavo. It's about me being able to give you something that gets you results, the kind of results you want to do. And then we loop that back in because if you, Adam, are successful at an outcome, you built your program on Dechebo and you did it really well and it was efficient and it matched my needs, right? And all this stuff. Now I want to show that work off as a part of the ecosystem to say, look at what Adam did. It's not because, well, you are amazing, but it's not because you're amazing. Is that you had the right tools, you had the right help. I, as, a, as an education person, because I'm just kind of role-playing you right now, playing Adam, talking to Adam, See. weird. But now what I'm helping is educate that whole person. And you're coming in and saying, why is this platform great? Now, what are the things in general you need to know to be able to be successful with this platform? In our case here with the Chebo, it's I'm doing e-learning, I'm putting content online, I'm different, using different kinds of educational interventions. You know, maybe I'm doing a drop down for a quiz or whatever, this kind of stuff. Knowing how these things move together and work together to achieve that outcome is almost bigger than the fact of learning just what the product does. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're spot on. And I think that's where that truly is where like the university comes into play first and foremost, the way that we've designed it, like the majority of the experience for our customers at Docebo, and it was a similar story at Encino and the programs we built there, but the majority of that guided curriculum that we deliver through, you know, in this case, Docebo as our LMS, but regardless of what what platform you're leveraging to deliver your content, that guided curriculum builds that foundational knowledge that everyone can have in simply how to use the product. Right. And, and that is, it's a, it's a necessary evil in many ways that like, you know, every, every admin is going to have to go through it. Every user is going to have to go through some amount of training just to understand why were, why was the product built the way that it was? How should I be using these features? 
you know, where do I go within the platform to perform certain actions? And it's really important that that content is engaging, direct, informative, inspirational, consistent, and up-to-date, right? It's all of those things. And you have to have manpower and resources allocated and, and subject matter experts, obviously, also to keep that maintained and in line with your knowledge base, et cetera. That's always going to be there in a part of your program. And platforms like Docebo help you build a really guided and meaningful experience for the learner in navigating all of those features and functions as a net new user to the system. But you have to get to a point where you can extend beyond that foundational knowledge. And really, at this point, this is where the community aspect comes into play. And ultimately, uh, the advocacy component comes into play because you, you now have that product knowledge. I'm saying you there. like Our customers now have that product knowledge. They have a foundational knowledge of how our systems work. But now they need that field knowledge, right? And they, they might have a little bit of experience already built up themselves yeah. where they've learned by applying. But you can exponentiate the growth curve when you give those users access to other users to talk directly, just like you and I are today as peers and practitioners in the space. Wait, wait, wait. So, You're scaring yeah. me now. <laughs> Your users talking to other users. I say this for a joke, but yeah. hold on, hold on that for a moment. So you're saying we're using social education now. Yeah. Is that right? Did the I'm not me, I'm another person who now is telling my audience, and I'm letting them do this as advocacy. I mean, there's risk in that, isn't there? Like if they didn't know the plot, if you did a bad job on teaching them how to use your platform to begin with, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being yeah. snarky, but I'm, I'm trying to bring a point sure. is now you're lassoing this crowd of people who are your advocates. Yep. That's yeah. You know, I think there, I think naturally as you build that community that, you know, you'll, you'll be able to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff and figure out like, you know, what, what the individuals that are most helpful, the individuals that are most educated in your community or in those spaces where you allow your users to connect or will rise to the top, you know, and I think they're the ones that really shine and, and start to help you provide for other users examples of what best practice implementation of your product or service looks like, right? And, you know, you build those communities of practice and those smaller, you know, groups collectively, those sub-communities within your broader user base that all have similar challenges and similar goals. And you allow them to connect with one another and, and share those directly with one another. And then you start to build opportunities for them to do that on a large scale, right? Through podcasts or through webinars or through guides that we create in our community, through case studies that we provide and highlight on our website. And that's really where you can build, you know, going back to your flywheel analogy, that flywheel of content generation, where you build and grow your users and then you give them opportunities to turn right around and share that knowledge and experience with that same group that's sort of farming and cultivating new empowered users. I like this a lot. Yeah, I was looking at your notes and I wanted to bring that back up. The, the concept of farming, right? You're nurturing, you're expanding, you're, you're, grow, you're growing your field. <laughs> Evocative of this whole nurturing mentality that, wow, I really like this, Adam. I'm, and let me, let me ask one more question around this before we start getting into some other topics. So I think we've really expanded upon why you should be focused not on just building an, an academy or university but what, what we're talking about, and I think your, your platform unlocks this capability, is that, that you're really trying to go to that next level of I'm letting, letting my audience, letting my people take the reins and kind of steer the product as well. 
right? It's like a, like the end user now, the person that has purchased your platform is part owner. Yeah. And they're helping yep. nurture that platform and they're learning how to use it with other people. This is a really fascinating, I think, aspect of software as a service because of yep. this friction, friction, whatever you want to call it, the interaction between advocacy and the end user, the marketing motion that we have, that group of people coming back in because these people are educators too, right? And they're teaching us back and they're teaching our people. So this emphasizes the concept of scale you get through advocacy. Advocacy yeah. is a motion that unlocks a second order, a lever of scale that you don't have if it's just you. It's yeah. that I'm teaching someone to fish, truly. Yeah, yeah, spot on. And, you know, for us at Ochebo, we've, we've really sought to make the customer the center of gravity of the organization, right? And I think like customer-led growth, that's what it's all about. It's ensuring that, internally all the way up to the executive level, there's a sort of an obsession of like what the customer wants and what the customer needs and that yeah. there are programs and resources designed around acting very quickly on those needs and providing, you know, resources, content, functionality, whatever it is that can address those needs. And so to clear any like room for, for doubt or like confusion or misunderstanding, I, I think it might also help just to like briefly talk about our org structure because yeah. when we talk about advocacy, it can kind of be nebulous, right? And like some people, a lot of people have preconceived notions of what customer advocacy is, what customer marketing is. Mm -hmm. So I sit within customer experience. I report up into our senior vice president of customer experience. I sit alongside support, you know, professional services, account management, customer success management, those sort of functions, renewal management as well. And so customer education and advocacy both live right there on those teams that at the highest level are focused on customer retention and customer expansion, right? Like that's our, at the end of the day, that's our core. Sure, remit. That's what you're doing. Yep. And the customer advocacy side of, of my team ties really closely into a lot of the efforts and operations that we have going on in the marketing side of the business. Huh. Often you'll see customer advocacy, you know, sitting within marketing. For us, we have a very close dotted line drawn directly to our solutions marketing team. You mentioned Samantha Murray, who we've uh -huh. for us, our product marketing team, our growth marketing teams, and our customer marketing teams. All of those sit within marketing and we work very closely with them every day. The way that we have built our advocacy function, it really is all about like you, the analogy you brought up, which is we're kind of a farm that's building and growing these empowered users. We're helping identify who those users are across our business who have been successful using Docebo for employee training or for customer training or for partner training. And, you know, even within those for compliance training or for leadership development or for, you know, product onboarding, whatever, you know, there's, can there's do so it many all. <laughs> and we're finding those people, those experts and then helping mobilize them to get involved in those campaigns and programs that we need to drive our marketing funnel and drive the content that we need on the marketing side. Wow. Okay. Let's pivot. Because what I'm yep. seeing now is a really, it, let, me, let me summarize it a little bit more too. It's that all of this motion, like this, the, the what you're doing at Decebo is actually no different than what others can be doing as well. You and your function is getting... I mean, we built all the knowledge. We have built that meta knowledge about the knowledge. Like, why are you doing this? What field is this? What are the things you need to know to be able to do it successfully? 
And now we're getting all the, we're bringing those people in to show them. I think that's where the real reward is. I feel sometimes it's really, it's hard to, it's hard to be recognized for this kind of work. And it's hard to be recognized because internally we have this just get it done kind of mentality and rush, rush, rush. Right. And we've got to help unlock people and stuff. But then externally, what we're really doing here, what I, what I'm starting to see threads of and tendrils of in your platform and your capabilities is this, let's talk about consolidation of education, right? Isn't that where we want to be going? Where you just mentioned talent development, leadership training. Yeah. We all have to do compliance training. That's that that's table stakes. That's normal, right? It's okay. I got to do that crap, but then I got to educate my customer and my, my customer is a little bit different. We talk about often this concept of extended enterprise, which I think is often, often a kludge onto another kind of system that's not designed to do education out, outward or partner training, which might be part of that, which is kind of similar, but not because partners need to know more, but they need to know less than your team does because you're not going to share certain things. All right. What I want you to do is talk about this consolidation, the centralization in context of Dechebo. What's going on? What are you thinking about with this? Yeah, totally. And I'll, you know, I, I'll add the disclaimer here. I'll like put my admittedly biased hat on. Yeah. Uh, like talking about Docebo as, as a Docebo employee, but understanding that it also comes from the space where I've been leveraging this product now for you know, like six years to, to deliver training to disparate audiences. Wanted to just add that disclaimer. Yeah, I think the the idea of like a consolidated learning experience and a, you know, we also refer to it like as a hybrid learning program and a hybrid learning platform hybrid. They're referring to the audiences that we're addressing, you know, customers, partners, and employees. Docebo has really found a niche in the market. I think from what I've seen to be able to address multiple disparate audiences from a single system very well, and to enable organizations to extend a single training platform across different teams within the organization while still giving those teams, you know, full administrative control and capabilities within the system and giving the end learners a segmented and unique experience that's catered to their own needs. You know, I could get into the weeds for hours with you on some of the core functionality and like bells and whistles and features that we have that help enable some of that. But at the highest level, a couple of things that I've found to be so unique Within Docebo is one, the concept of both groups and branches to organize users. Mm. And there are a lot of rules that you can apply to, especially where a user lands in terms of their group. And those groups can then drive all of the pages that they see through the menu that they experience in the platform, and even all of the content within those pages that's displayed to them. And so going back to our conversation about you know, that foundational knowledge, especially mm-hmm. for a SaaS business that everyone needs to have about the product. You think about it, that same content you know, is relevant. The same foundational training content is relevant for a customer just as it is for an employee, just as it is for a partner. So you can have even the same pages and the same content displaying to certain users there that aren't displaying to others. And then you, you start getting into leadership development you know, speaker certification programs and and compliance training and security training and all those other things that might only be relevant for employees. You can start to target those really specifically as well through their own groups. And and then the other piece that really, I think, empowers that 
administrative flexibility is the central repository within Docebo, which is yeah. a little place where you can add any and all, you know, as we refer to them, training materials in the system and push those out to any courses across the platform so that completion of those is tracked in a single place, even though it's being delivered across multiple courses right. and even across multiple learning plans. It's a system that's built, you know, by nature with a focus on providing the same content and different content to different audiences based on their needs. Okay. Let me respond to that real quick is what I feel is that this is kind of a federation of knowledge, right? A liberation of knowledge. And one of the things that, that always stresses me out coming into a company is, oh, look, I have four different systems. I've got two for internal training. I've got a partner system. I've got like a content management system for my knowledge that we have to use. Then I've got a customer education system. Then I've got a training platform. But, and, and then that, that the emotion behind that, the frustration that comes from that is that, good God almighty, I've got all these different people duplicating effort, right? If I build, and, and this is one that, that Adam and I, my Adam, talk about to no end, and many of our peers that we all know, you know, together, you, you and I and Adam and everybody all say, look, we're not fighting with other teams. We're not fighting for time. Like the, the sales enablement team needs the same stuff that we had generated for the product. Something that, that pains me to no end. Maybe this is a good story. Maybe you could talk about this from the perspective of where you're at where in, in, in Encino. But my story, and I'll do this real short, is that when I enter a company, there should be an onboarding that's universal. You need to know as an employee what this product does. If you don't, even the janitor, right? What does this company do? Well, you might spend a one minute video to go, oh, okay, they, they make widgets. Great, you can say that. But I do think everybody needs to know some font of similar information all the way across. And if we're putting this in disparate systems, there's no way that I'm going to be able to keep on top of that very easily at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, at Encino, in, in that effort to consolidate those experiences for all of those audiences in a single system, that's exactly what we were doing. So a lot of our core curriculum around our product itself there, and it was, as I mentioned, it was a cloud banking software company. Mm -hmm. So there were a lot of different aspects of our product that were relevant for different teams, different departments within organizations, and even different functions within banking. You know, we had treasury management solutions and retail banking and commercial banking and so there were, there were a lot of different like verticals and channels that we had. So we kind of decided to organize all of our content by each of those, let's call them like product areas, but then also further segment by essentially level of difficulty from 101 to 401. And so we had a 101 curriculum for each of those solutions that we called the basics of Encino. And it was a requirement for every employee to go through that basics of Encino training. And that, that, Product training was the same training that our customers were taking. It was the same training that our partners yeah. were training as an introduction to the platform and to the basics and how it worked and how you navigate the system. But what's great then is you can start to then segment like, okay, yeah, that's maybe day one or week one of training for that new employee. But then we can introduce them to an entirely separate page that's focused on their onboarding related to being a CSM right? Or they're onboarding related to being a project manager or you know an accountant, whatever it may be. You can start to segment those experiences so that they're starting to be guided to different pages within the system and different content therein that's being delivered to a, a user that fits their criteria. Right. And so we 
we were able to very quickly and easily spin up, especially on the internal side. I think that's where we saw the biggest gains. There's a lot of overlap between partners and customers, but then there's so many intricacies when you look at that Venn diagram of things that employees need that isn't relevant for those other audiences. And we were able to grow you know, a speaker certification program and a writing certification program and leadership development programs and management training, all as entire pages or multi-page experiences within the platform for our employees without that ever getting surfaced to those other audiences in the system. So again, it just, it really gives you a lot of flexibility to custom cater your curriculum and the navigation and experience for your user. So that's amazing here. I think that the natural thread of discourse I'd like to, to follow right now is, so you were doing that in Encino, you became a Decebo customer. You saw the power that it had in, in order to, again, we're talking to consolidation here. The thing that I really like to hear about is, and this is coming up more and more and more often, consolidation is key for us because we're serving disparate audiences with similarities. And we, and this is the part of the episode that I'll break the fourth wall again and say, hey, listen up. We need to be efficient, hyper-efficient in software right now. Let's think about this. I'm a customer education person, whatever, but I'm sharing this same content. We're all working together as a team to harvest, let's go back to the farm thing, harvest the knowledge about our platform and how that platform is used, right? And this might be our platform, the Chabo, our platform, whatever our product is, and then a knowledge around all that for these different communities. And bringing these all together, I think, is where you said, now we're leaning into the product and the platform and where your product shines. It's, you have that capability of hitting those marks. Can you tell me more about this? Because I'm really intrigued from a, now I'm thinking of my enterprise security hats on, right? Because I used to be an enterprise security project manager for an internet company. And I'm looking at and evaluating software solutions for, for my needs and go, hmm, wait, wait. You just said, I can serve an internal and an external market. How do I make sure that that doesn't, never the twain shall meet? You know, where, where is the, the line off and how do I, you know, those kind of things are real important. But it's also that that's a trade-off. If I can do that, then I can actually do more and faster. So can you yeah. talk more about like the capabilities that brought you to Chevo and that's, and then maybe go a little bit further and like how that roadmap is starting to really evolve and help people like me on the market? It's been really cool because at the end of the day, to address that you know, final yeah. question and concern that you mentioned, there's, you're, you're going to need extreme governance, you know, regardless of what system governance. you're in, and ensure that like, there's, there's checks and balances and alignment across teams, especially when you have multiple teams working with a single system to ensure that the right stuff is getting to the right people. Thankfully, that's where Docebo, again, makes it really easy, where you can ensure that on the, the front end, you have the right rules set up and the right segmentation built so that if you're following the appropriate process that you align on with others, the right content is getting to the right people every time. But yeah, the evolution coming from Encino to Docebo and, and getting to use the product day in and day out now as a sort of customer within the walls of the organization, it's been really cool to not only grow and evolve our own experience within Docebo University for our customers, right? Getting to do stuff every single day that other customers are trying to accomplish themselves and to get to connect with them on that, but also to help these, 
you know, massive best in breed organizations like Amazon and L'Oreal and Zoom and these huge organizations that have trusted Ochebo to build their experiences to help understand what audiences they need to train and evolve our platform to address all of those different audiences and those same needs. And so there are a lot of customers that are are kind of leading the charge there in leveraging our tools exactly the way that we recommend, which is centralizing and consolidating your overall training tech stack, right? And getting Mm -hmm. away from using a single system for partners and a single system for customers and a single system for employees. And so we have a a large customer base doing that. We also have a lot of customers that are doing, providing training for a single audience really, really well too. And those customers are really interested in learning, hey, what are these customers doing to address multiple audiences and how can we get there? And so that's kind of the phase we're in now is really doubling down and understanding what does that tech consolidation look like? What does it look like to have a centralized training platform where all content can live in one place and get to anyone and everyone who needs to learn and who needs to train and to build, organize, adjust our product to help meet those needs. And it's exciting. It's, you know, again, the center of that. We're, we're learning from them every day and talking to them and yeah, just growing what that looks like together. That matters a lot, Adam, because then it's showing me how how in touch with the community of practice that that your company is getting, and that you know that this whole journey is when I, I go back to what I said before is I started off and I found all these different learning platforms in my company, and it's very confusing. And really, what we need to do is not fight with other teams on trying to get knowledge and have that knowledge shared is. I want to know, like, if there's somebody enablement that built a module, I'm just going to take that and use it, right? Yep. In a, in external training, if I can. Vice versa, if I built all this stuff, why? I, the funniest thing I've ever seen before, and this is not and this is not judgmental. It just happens. You'll go into a company and you're like, oh, I built this customer education program, and then I went and talked to my enablement team, and they go, well, what are you using for onboarding? Like, oh, we don't. We just kind of like get everybody in a room. We just talk through all this stuff. I'm like wait, you mean the 20 hours of videos and recordings and practices and work and labs and all that stuff that we generated for all of our customers you're not using internally? Oh, I didn't know that existed. (laughs) Faceplant. Are you kidding me? And that's okay. That that's fascinating to me because that kind of fluidity and using content, it seems like a pretty massive value prop for someone who's out there going, I have this problem. I have all this content. But then then you're actually getting to do a couple other things. How do I work across the boards with other people? Now I might be buying the system, but now I have to collaborate with my enablement teams and I might have multiple. Maybe my support team has onboarding. Maybe our partner team has. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about teams now and how teams integrate at Tchebo for this kind of reason. Again, it comes back to governance and it comes back to alignment across teams. We have our administration of our platform is centralized to our team. So Patrick Morales is our Docebo University admin. He owns the platform as a whole, right? And he owns like how it's used and when it's used and who has access. And he has very close alignment with our revenue enablement teams, with our, you know, employee onboarding teams, with our partner enablement teams to ensure that they're staying abreast of changes that we're making in the system that mm-hmm. might impact their audiences, but also in turn to ensure that those teams are getting what they need out into and out of the platform 
you know, when it, when it comes to like building new curricula and adding new courses and organizing that information for those audiences, it really helps to have a centralized team and a centralized group in place, but to have that kind of hub and spoke model where there are these yeah. stakeholders across the org that can come and go with, with the requests as needed. But as a whole, Docebo is a system that becomes really easy to self-serve in and out of, right? So like from a reporting standpoint and from an administrative standpoint, there are a lot of tools there that are that make it easier to work with all of those people when you have a lot of cooks in the kitchen. That's great. And I've worked with some systems where it wasn't so easy, where you might, somebody changed something somewhere and I didn't see it. And then it affected another piece of my content that was kind of important, <laughs> you know, governance. Yeah. I, I'm glad you brought that word up a few times. And I think that is a word that on this podcast, we don't talk about enough. Governance mm -hmm. really is, and it's a, it can be a scary word, but it's not. It's really a set of best practices you put in place to make sure that your content, the access, the development, and all the rules around where things go and how it's used are documented. And that yeah. we follow that process so they don't get, we don't screw each other up and we don't make our lives more difficult. Yep. Super important. And that also comes all the way back to having empowered users, right? Of whatever the tool right. is, if it's. If it's Docebo, if it's any other system that you're operating in with a oh. lot of other users, you have to have like a vetted and verified process to ensure that everyone that gets access to the system knows how to use it in and out. And until you have that, those individuals might not understand repercussions that certain <laughs> actions they think the system might have, you know? And so that's also, we see that as a part of our job as, you know, as the Docebo University team and the community team and customer education team as a whole, it's to ensure that not just the primary admin who is that you know, like single source of truth and single, single owner of the platform, but also all of those other people that might touch the platform in different ways all have access to the content they need to understand how the system works. Yeah. And it's really important to think about those types of users when you're developing content as well. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. We've opened up all kinds of new avenues, but as we're getting near the end here, let's do this. Let's talk about some results. And I think it'd be cool to talk about even your own team and show the impact of Great. You've got this platform. You've understood it. You've built university. Now we understand how to bring everything together in one place. But what a lot of our listeners are always pursuing is this, how do I really pull Kirkpatrick through all the way, right? And start showing outcomes. What I want from my program, if I'm a customer education leader, is to be able to have in my walking around deck or my reports to senior leadership, look at this. How many customers are active in the platform? What's a percent increase in the number of, you know, people trained during onboarding? And how does that impact sales or long-term NRR, ARR, whatever? Can you shoot me some cool stats? I'm, I'm looking at them, but I'm going to let you do that yeah. <laughs> work. Absolutely. Well, you know, I this this is a good full circle moment coming back to where we started because we yeah. have we've opened a lot of new avenues that we could probably each pursue in their own episode. But yeah. we can kind of break this down into the three main pillars of my team, which is Docebo University, Docebo Community, and Customer Advocacy. Right, those are the kind yeah. of the three things that I oversee. And on the university side, well, and, and even before I get into those stats, I think it's also important to restate the importance of where we sit within the organization and what ultimate objectives we align to, right? Because again, at the, at the highest level, living within customer experience and reporting up into that structure 
our, our top line business objectives are retain customers and expand customers, mm-hmm. making sure that they're using the product and using it more. But we break that down to all of these different teams that we support sitting directly alongside. The first one being professional services, which owns our implementation and customer onboarding, right? So they're responsible for getting our customers up to speed on our products when they become a customer. And within the first six months of launching Dochebo University back in, in late 2020, early 2021, we were able to reduce the average onboarding time of all implementation packages by almost 7%. For our oh. customers and for our highest tier package, which was you know most involved, most hands-on, we were able to improve onboarding times there by almost eleven percent, but you know reduce onboarding times by almost eleven percent. So that alone, you know, that's delivering much quicker time to value. Right. Ten week implementation time is now taking nine weeks. That means a lot for our customers to to see those results and understand the impact that that training we're providing is having them. Yeah, on them. We also increased drastically the number of individual resources at our customer accounts who were being trained. So because we had this improved experience that was a lot easier for our customers to access, we had almost a 90% increase in the amount of resources trained per project. So you think about like the knowledge that you're embedding within those organizations who have become customers of yours. Now you've got a lot more of those empowered users than you had previously. And what we can claim now is that one in every two customers are active in Docebo University. And nine out of 10 of those learners over the past year who have engaged with our content have claimed that you know the training that they've had is going to help them do their jobs better in their roles. So that's that's some of the impact that we've had there on the professional services and onboarding side through the structured curriculum that we deliver through Docebo University. And then you look at the community side, and this is we run our community on Insighted, you know, now owned by Gainsight. It's a great community platform. And the primary focus there is really deflecting and reducing support costs and helping our customers self-serve and helping scale our support team to be involved in much more like tactical and meaningful work than simple, you know, answering of questions day to day with our customers. And so in 2022, we were able to deflect $1.3 million of support costs through our community. We have one in four of our customers active in the community today accounting for over $100 million in ARR represented by those customer accounts that are active. So, you know, our our community is a thriving hub where our customers are daily engaging with one another, answering each other's questions, becoming more empowered users uniquely. And it's helping us build a a scale engine for our support team and ensure that customers can get access to answers to the questions that they have. Oh, Adam Evermescu will love the scale engine. Oh yeah, that, that's directly from him. Great, right? great I, I job. Probably should have copy written that one at the end. Uh, <laughs> yeah, can't claim that that tag, but yeah. So ultimately, what all that leads to, it's a lot of customers who have been more successful, who have hopefully been a little bit happier because they've been provided the resources that they need right. to be successful. And now those customers are willing to turn around and you know serve as references on our behalf. If, if we have prospects who are wanting to come in and say, like, hey. What, what's it like working with Docebo, right? We can send them out back into the field to talk to prospects. We can, you know, highlight their programs in webinars, in case studies. We also apply jointly with our customers to a lot of industry awards, right? So our team helps support yeah. that award engine to help our customers ultimately get recognition, recognition through the work that they've done, which not only helps them in their careers, but also helps anyone else who's a part of the audience consuming that content because it's just setting an example for them of, you know, best practices and what to do to be successful. Yeah. And I I like that a lot. 
you know, I know that there's attempts made at kind of like an award structure for our own, our own industry to say, oh, you're doing certain things. But I, I, I prefer the way that you align with your customers to help show off their work in, in more of a targeted fashion. Meaning, okay, of all of your Dechevo customers, here's a customer that had an exemplary model of everything we're trying to prove. And let's take it to, gosh, you know, think of your conference that you want to go to. Those things matter because you're not just, you're helping to support that individual, that team, that company to show the value that it provided, but it also, you ride along with that. You, you share in that celebration. And that's, yeah. what we're, that's really what we're about. It's really hard in education to find the tools and the expertise. And when I'm looking for a partner, a content partner, you know, I'm going to purchase a platform. I want to know that they got my back. Yep. Right. I, I have a hard enough time trying to get content into my system to begin with. I might not know about the system. I need to learn how to do it, all this other stuff. But having that, that, that support from your end is, it really matters. Yes. And I, I know we've dwelt in the realm of it's been a very theoretical, maybe cerebral conversation. It hasn't maybe been the most practical on my end. So I want to end with like a, a practical point here related to awards. A lot of these results that I was able to share are a direct byproduct of my team being actively engaged in applying for awards, right? And awards are a great opportunity to really centralize your focus as a program leader or, you know, just a practitioner in customer education mm -hmm. to say, all right, let me think about how I built this program. Let me think about what the results it accomplished were, right? It, that's not a natural part of a lot of people's day-to-day -day simply because they yeah. can't find it. That should be a part of your day-to-day, -day, right? Try to find a way to make it. But one really great way to force your hand there is like find some awards that you want to apply for and do the work, do the analysis, do like take the time to do the evaluation to understand again, how you built your program and what results those programs drove. And it's going to help you build a case internally, right? Up and out for the results and the outcomes that your programs can drive. And that's why we're so passionate about our own awards programs at Docebo and why I would recommend anyone, especially in the customer ed space to stand up an awards program for your own customers, because we get so much rich information from our customers through the, that awards application process. And yeah, there's a list of finalists that we celebrate and there's a list of winners that we celebrate. And that's great because they're, you know, they're, they're being recognized as best in breed and what they're doing, but you can take it a step deeper and, and start to repurpose all of that information that you're getting from those applications by creating guides in the community and hosting webinars that yeah. just focus on all of that work that's already been done. And you can start to repurpose a lot of that content for educational purposes and for promotional purposes. So I feel like award programs are such a great way to like, you know, centralize a lot of those practices and, and help encourage your customers to evaluate the impact that your products and services are having for them. I like that. I like that a lot because I think a lot of the struggle in customer ed is usually just building a team to begin with. But then when you have that team, finding inspiration on how we can do better to build every, but for everybody and for our company, our portfolio of success. So for me, though, the angles and objectives that I'm always looking for are not necessarily, it looks pretty. You know, okay, yeah, that's important. But how can we get to that by being results-focused, right? I want to know the customer learns and they learn quickly and they learn in their own moment. I'm not so worried about instructional design 
perfection. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm just prefacing the outcomes, like apply for awards, but those awards I would apply for are the ones that show your craft in customer education and value the things that we value, which are speed to market, demise for getting, you know, getting that customer something fast and then they get out, right? And it's not to, it, we're not a Broadway production. <laughs> but we aspire to be that. And that's where yep. the real, the craft is, If is if we start seeing those showcase items that do all the things, right? They're fast, they're short, they're impactful, the results matter, but then they also look amazing. How did you do that? I want to know because I want to go back to my team and I want to share that love and how we get it done. Yeah. So totally. that's very inspirational. All right. I think we're about time. We have gone at least an hour here-ish. It's usually the time that we start to wrap up. So I want to ask, is there anything else that you want our audience to know? Big welcome to, to everybody and shout out to some friends, anything like that? I, th I think we've run the gamut here. Hopefully folks listening can track our thoughts and our rabbit trails that we went down. I've left with a practical tip there and would just encourage anyone who's, who's listening, you know, reach out to me. I'd be happy to connect as a peer in the space, as a practitioner Absolutely. here. A lot of people I know are hearing this and doing the same exact things that I'm trying to do. So I have a lot to learn from a lot of the listeners out there. And yeah, I'm excited to continue growing the community of customer ed professionals and practitioners. Love, Dave, what you and Adam are doing to help grow and further this community and inspire this knowledge sharing. So a big thanks to you all and thanks to all the listeners as well. Well, thank you as well. So now we'll take it on the way out. If you want to learn more, we have a podcast website that's at customer.education. Again, all of our podcasts are there all the way back to almost five years ago. It's hard to believe. There you can find show notes, other material, bios on Adam and other people that are in our ecosystem. If you want to learn more about Decebo, just Decebo.com, D-O-C-E-B-O. Yep. Check them out right. there. Please feel free to reach out and Adam and you're on LinkedIn, just like the rest of us, I'm sure. Now, also, if you have found value in this podcast, we have been really excited to maintain a five-star rating on iTunes and other platforms. Get out there, help other people to find us by giving a five-star rating and sharing it on the internet. That really helps us. And this is our core mission, find the others. On Twitter, I'm at Dave Darrington. You can find me there, but I'm generally on at LinkedIn. And once again, thanks to Alan Coda for providing our amazing music and get out there. Wow, I'm gonna lose my line here. And to our audience, thanks for joining us. Go out, educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks everybody. <laughs> <laughs>